Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we are back rewatching every episode of Ali McBeal through 2020 pandemic eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what pandemic eyes are, but we definitely have them. <laughs> They've seen a lot. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're witnessing a lot of things Too right much. now. Um, how are you doing? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you sounded worried. You were like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just cowering in my house with my pandemic eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when in Toy Story where uh, Mrs. Potato Head is like, I'll give you your angry eyes. Like, <laughs> your, your pandemic eyes. eyes. You just like run into the wall or something. Oh yeah, good. I'm feeling a bit weird this weekend. I feel like, uh, I don't know, just like, uh, I'm just bored. <laughs> bored at the house and I'm in the house bored. <laughs> oh dear. Like, I've just had enough. Like, I, I just don't want to. I'm so tired. I'm so tired <sighs> and bored of being in the house. It's funny because I, I am a real home body. Like, I really, I really like being at home. Um, usually and so it hasn't been too bad ever since I started working from home I haven't felt too terrible but I I know what you mean like you just want to go somewhere now and like like I miss going to like the cinema or going to just a cafe and just getting a nice coffee and like whatever well the thing I miss the most is um just like i don't know just not like leaving the house and not being scared of other people like yeah. i don't know about you but like i feel like i'm the we're the only when we leave the house i feel like russ and i are the only people that are really taking it seriously like you'll see people with masks on and stuff as well mm. like we, we've been wearing masks the past uh, month or so um but like the they're like people even if they're wearing masks or they're not wearing masks like they're not that bothered about maintaining the two meter distance and I'm like having to like run into the road to avoid people like the other day I was coming back from the park and I got surrounded by people and I was like what is wrong with you (laughs) fuck off because I was waiting to cross the road and there was two groups of people crossing the road coming the other way and I was just stood there like no stop stop (laughs) But they didn't, they weren't, they didn't seem to care. And I was like, shocked. I went out on Friday to the shops and like, there were loads of people like out. And the pavements in Brighton, like, they can be quite narrow. And it was just like, Mm. there was like like, like a good five random people, including two police community officers, people, who were just like, like, you're not far enough apart. What are you doing? And I just, I couldn't go I into know. the road because a bus was coming. And I was just like, I literally I had to like speed through, like power walk really quick through these like five people. And I was just like, I was so annoyed. <laughs> I know. Well, that's how I feel every time I leave the house for like my one little walk around the park. Yeah. And it's just like so stressful <laughs> that's what i miss being able to leave the house and not be like stressed at the presence of people other people yeah no i know i know and it, it's yeah but i mean 
I just when will it end? <laughs> I know, I know. We were, we are recording a little bit ahead of when these go out. Um, not as far ahead as we used to because no. obviously we're remote now. But um, it is. I I keep thinking like when this goes out. Will it be over? Will life be better now? Like, will we be listening to this being like, oh, you guys. Those days, um, like, yeah. shouldn't have worried. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's just weird and hard. And I think, uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there in the end, guys. Yes. Let's keep trucking. Yes. Um, <laughs> I hope you, you guys are all doing well out there, wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> and that uh this little slice of bygones helps you out yeah yeah so today we're going to be talking about episode seven of season three saving santa yeah that's what we all need right now to think about christmas (laughs) maybe then we won't be having maybe this will all be over (laughs) by christmas I, I really, God, I really hope so. Can you imagine a quarantine Christmas? How depressing uh, is that going to be? That will be depressing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Saving Santa first aired 13th of December, 1999. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. So the UK number one... I will give you the artist. It is Cliff Richard. Oh, this has to be like the Millennium Prayer yeah. or whatever that fucking yeah. awful song is that he does. It, what, is it? Yeah. Is that the one, uh, Christmas, Christmas time, mistletoe and wine? Is it that one? No. Oh, is it no, not? No, that's mistletoe and wine. Oh, no, it? the Millennium Prayer is basically, isn't it just like the Lord's Prayer, but with like extra... Millennium references. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry about the Y2K bug. God will save us. Yeah, something like that. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to look this up because I thought, oh, for I some reason, please don't play. I thought it was mistletoe no, and wine. Mistletoe and wine. And mistletoe and wine came out in the 80s or something, or the 70s even, maybe. I swear he re-released it and it became like a... He did re-release it, but that's not the Millennium Prayer. The Millennium Prayer is a new, a different, a new... He was trying to recreate the success of mistletoe and wine with the Millennium Prayer. Here we go. This is not ringing a bell thus far. It's not very memorable. Oh, you're right, it is the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, he sings it to the tune of Old Lang Syne. Oh, that's shit. Yeah, it is shit. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Who the fuck was buying that? (laughs) All his weird fans. It's grannies, isn't it? It's grannies. Grannies, yeah. I think there's something creepy about Cliff Richard. Um, Don't come at me for this, guys. (laughs) Yes. Don't don't trust that face. He's got dead eyes. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust him as far as dead, I can throw him. Screaming eyes. Yeah. Something weird's going on there and I don't know what it is. And maybe like it. I'm basing it on nothing. But and there's nothing to be clear, there's nothing factual that I can attach to this. I just don't trust it. I don't trust it. I don't like it. Okay. And the US number one is still Santana. Shock. 
Oh, good. Shock, I'd yeah. much rather listen to that. Yeah. Thank you. True, true. Whilst I'm trimming my tree. <laughs> okay, so 12th of December, the boxer Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali is named as BBC Sports Personality of the Century. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I think I remember this because I remember him accepting it because he had... Is it Parkinson's? Is he oh, still alive? Yeah. Um, no, I think he's dead now. Let me Is just he? have a look. Muhammad uh, Ali. Muhammad Ali, boxer is he? <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he had Parkinson's. Yeah, and he was diagnosed in 1984. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember him accepting this award, or if it wasn't this award, it was one around the same time, and he came to accept it, and everyone was like, it was really emotional, because he was yes. like, you know, so old and frail compared to his, like, fighting fit best, yeah. and it was just like, oh, bloody hell. Bless you. Really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. 14th of December, Boy George is injured by a 62-pound disco ball that falls from a concert venue ceiling during a rehearsal, nearly killing him as it almost landed on his head. (laughs) I do not remember that story. No, but it's hysterical. What a crazy injury. Can you imagine killed by your own disco ball? (laughs) Yeah. Was it his disco well, ball? Well, it was falls from a concert venue ceiling during a rehearsal. So I'm guessing he was rehearsing mm. a concert. <laughs> How bizarre. Quite. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah. It didn't hurt him more <laughs> seriously. And lastly, 19th of December, 1999, Desmond Llewellyn, who was best known for his role as Q in 17 of the James Bond films between... 1963 and 1999 dies oh do you know how he died i know very little about anything to do with james bond so no i do not know how he died and i'm struggling to care to be honest i mean i'm sure he was a nice guy but (laughs) you're you're gonna feel so shit in a minute okay all right Uh, i uh, okay died while driving home alone from a book signing event when his car was involved with a head-on collision with another With a disco car. ball. Okay. He <laughs> <laughs> <Not a joke. laughs> <laughs> was an 85 Sorry. Man. Sorry. Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have been fucking driving then, should he? I see. Victim blaming, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sh- I just don't know him. Like, I'm not going to, like, cry over someone Look, I don't know. He's but sure. a sweet old man who was yeah, a okay, beloved right, character okay. in a very popular film You're franchise. Very... I'm just going to imagine, like, someone else. Okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay, well, I was... I-, I couldn't remember. I remember him dying and that being news, but I don't remember him, like, that that was the nature of his death was that it was like a car accident. So it was a car accident. Yeah, because he Aww. was like 85, I, ju- I think I just assumed it was like some kind of illness or something. Old age, yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah he, he but, um, um, died three weeks after I mean, the premiere of The World Is Not Enough. So sad oh, times for... Sad. Just before Christmas as well. Yeah, I know. But, um, but, but yeah. also, 
he probably shouldn't have been driving at 85. I'm sorry. Laura Jane. I don't think it's right. I think you should have your driving license taken off you at a certain age. <laughs> or at a certain level of... Well, I, think I think you're making some ageist assumptions here. <laughs> I'm just going on, you know, old relatives that we've had who definitely shouldn't have been driving past a certain age. Um, but yeah, I, I, okay. Well, I don't want him to die. Obviously, nobody wishes that on anyone, and it's a very sad way to die. And I'm sorry for your loss, Eleanor, at this <laughs> difficult time. Laura Jane, just more respect for the dead. I never said I didn't respect the dead, but I'm also not disingenuous either. I'm not going to be like, oh my god, what a loss. He's to my world. He's sweet old man. Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah, but I don't know it. <laughs> oh my god. Sure. A lot I, of people I are sad, am, and I'm sad for them. I'm shocked that I didn't get more sympathetic <laughs> reaction from you. Really shocked. Ah. Poor. You let yourself down. <laughs> what was his name? I was going to say, what's his name? Poor, Desmond was it Desmond? Yeah. Okay, yeah, poor Desmond. Poor yeah. boss name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay. Unless yeah, you've got any more cultural on. stuff you wish to share. Or were you just leaving us on a sad death, Eleanor? I'm leaving what you're well, doing. Clearly not that sad a death according to you, so <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm very sorry. Bye bye, Desmond. Rest in peace. I hope you are driving cars in heaven. Okay, so <laughs> we are here to talk about not Desmond, but Ali McBeal and Saving Santa, season three, episode seven. So this is the first of two Christmas episodes we get yeah. um, this season, which is unusual. We've only had one per one really we've only had like one christmas episode per season haven't we unless you count boys to the world season, in season we 1 we had like two or three we have we had boy to the world and then we had a proper christmas episode but i oh, feel okay. like boy to the world although it's set at christmas time it's not particularly christmassy yeah, uh, yeah, it's just set in the run up to Christmas, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this to... is very Christmassy as yes. well. Yes. So we open, and Georgia is trying on some jeans, and she is being sassed by the sales assistant <laughs> because Georgia wants these jeans to be tighter. And what we learn is that the assistant hates number one teenagers for f- controlling fashion in favour of baggy jeans. <laughs> Number two, she hates the parents because you can't blame the schools. And number three, she hates newly single women who want tight jeans to show off their ripe rump cheeks to get phone numbers because that is vile. (laughs) I (laughs) mean... Georgia is trying to get the sales assistant to just do her fucking job rather than (laughs) cast judgments on everything um, and get us some tighter jeans. Um, When all of a sudden there's this big old commotion on the other side of the department store. It's Christmas, as we've said, and the stores like Santa is really coming after 
someone in a suit that works at the department store. He's like the boss. Yeah. And the Santa is being held back by countless elves. I couldn't count them. There were so many. He is mad Santa. He is really angry. And he like punches the guy in the suit and knocks him down. And he's starting to like grapple with him when Georgia comes over screaming, hey, 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 to try and get Santa off of the guy. And then the elves start biting her leg. Yes. <laughs> which was weird. Yes. And then we go into a montage set to the Nutcracker Suite. Some people might recognize it from Fantasia. But during that like montage, Georgia just starts kicking back elves left, right and center. And then she hits Santa and then all the elves attack her. And then she just kickboxes them all into oblivion. And the sales assistant is like, what is wrong with you? And then Santa is like, you're not going to get away with this, Larry. I've given you 17 years of service. And have you ever heard of John Cage? He's going to make you pay because I am Santa, the spirit of Christmas, you son of a bitch. <laughs> And yeah, and then scene. And I just wanted to point out at this moment, um, Santa is being played by Jim O'Hare, which I think a lot of people would recognise him as Jerry from Parks and Rec. Okay, okay. So I want to throw in my... Objection! Oh, wow. Before titles. I know, because I just think this scene is fucking awful. Like, I don't yeah. appreciate being invited to laugh at a woman kicking multiple little people across a shop like no. they're funny little critters. Like, it's not, no. it's not fun. It's like, it's not funny. Like, it, it's just, you're like being asked, like, oh, isn't it funny how she can make them like fly across the room and comedy crash land into a pile of presents. And like, when the first yeah. uh, little person like bites Georgia... He's given like a growling sound, like a like a dog, like he's an animal. And the whole yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. entire scene just propagates the attitude that little people are just like subhumans here for our entertainment and amusement, which is an attitude that still exists today. And I, I actually follow a guy on, on Twitter who has dwarfism. And when he's walking around going to the shops or whatever, like just living his life, he has to put up with people who stop and laugh and film him or take a photo because just because he's small and it's proper, yeah. like dehumanizing shit like this that makes those people think that's an acceptable thing to do. And it's not, it's fucking vile. So I just, I really yeah. like this scene has aged fucking terribly like it's horrible and i feel really so yeah i feel really sorry for little people in uh who go into acting and go into the entertainment industry because this is predominantly the only type of roles yeah. they get they only ever get roles that are there for a, a laugh like a comedy laugh or like elves or um like munchkin type yeah. roles or like they don't get very often, um, it's very rare for them to get a role that where their size has nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. And even when their size is part of the storyline, it's often a bit problematic the way it's portrayed. Yeah. And the one person that I can think of that has um, done 
um, a decent job of trying to navigate that and have a successful career is obviously Peter Dinklage, yes. who is very, very successful. Yes. Um, and I, the reason I love Peter Dinklage and I followed his career for years um, is that A, he's a wonderful actor, mm. like absolutely amazing. But B, although he's done roles where he has been typecast, particularly in his early career, because mm. I mean, it's not really his fault that that's all that was available. Um you have to just take what you can get yeah, when you're in any career. Absolutely. But he did progress to roles where his size wasn't, it was either not portrayed as problematically or it just wasn't a factor. And one of the roles that I can think of that was really good for not being a factor was Nip Tuck, the guest star that yes. role that he did on Nip Tuck. Yes. Because he had, I remember watching that and being like, oh my God, because his character was brought in to have a relationship with Jolie Richardson's character. Yeah, yeah. And, Obviously, Jolie Richardson is um, like this. I think she's over six foot. She's like a really tall, um, beautiful, stunning lady. Yeah, she's really, really beautiful. I mean, she's beautiful, but she's very, yeah. very tall um, okay. as far as I know. Um, but there was like no mention made of it at all. And you believed that relationship. Like I don't remember it ever being played for laughs. And I believed that she was attracted to Peter Dinklage yes. because Peter Dinklage is very sexy when yes. he wants to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> At no point was I ever like, oh, this would never happen. Yeah. Like, who would, yeah. why would, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you absolutely. Thought that her character was attracted to him. Yeah. And more of that, please. Yeah. Because absolutely. on all types of diversity, more of that, please. Yeah. Because it's just, um, I just thought it was so refreshing. I think Peter Dinklage especially is, has been like groundbreaking in regards to yeah. his, his, uh, yeah, I don't know how he did it like but he fucking yeah it must have been hard work to be taken seriously like when you look around well I just think of that role he played in Elf yeah I watch Elf most years and that role where he's like call me an elf one more time yeah like, I can fucking kick your ass I yeah. fucked several women before breakfast yeah. you've had your whole life like he's just like, <laughs> like and it's just like that's what it makes me think of. yeah like you try just try and typecast me just try yeah you can't yeah I'm too good for that yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah I really was just like like as soon as the the credits like the opening credits started I like paused and I was just like "Mm, I need to to write my my feelings (laughs) because this is horrible yeah and we what's interesting is we never get any kind of acknowledgement of that whole like after titles and we'll come to this um Georgia is getting her leg treated by a paramedic but like, like it's just like why throw in that her, the elf bit her leg? Like that is not what it's someone. Just, would, I just find that very odd. Yeah, well, it just it just it was yeah, just unnecessary. It's it's just because they think it's funny, and it's just like yeah. What? Why? Why is that funny? If you break down why you think that's funny, you'll immediately start seeing how fucking vile yeah. your joke is. Yeah. Agreed. Good objection. So, after titles, we get some shots of snowy Boston and we're back at the department store and the elves are getting stretched away because they've got broken ribs. And everyone's like, oh, well. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, 
because the police actually go like is anyone here pressing charges and like the manager or whoever he is is like no 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 this is an internal dispute yeah. and I'm like um what about the many many assaults on your employees <laughs> like, yeah by a customer that's not an internal dispute it's not. exactly exactly ridiculous but then, then this CEO guy sits down to Georgia and is like, because we find out later he's the CEO. He's yeah. just like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, what happened? But I was like, if I was him, I'd be like, um, what the fuck? Yeah. Just like escalated assaulted it to an my employees. Degree. But he's just like, are you okay? <laughs> are you white, able-bodied woman okay? Yeah, like, And she's like, yeah, sure. What happened there? And it's like, well, what happened, Georgia, <laughs> is that you took a situation that was none of your business and kicked a load of people around. Like, Assaulted many, many people. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, what she means is, like, what, what caused all of that? So um, he says that he fired Santa and then she saw the rest of what happened and georgia says well did you know anything about john cage the lawyer that that santa mentioned because i used to actually work for him until last week and he is good but i do know how to beat him so here's my card yeah exactly (laughs) she's like treating this as a business opportunity yeah oh dear so the next scene billy is ragging on georgia her new office for taking this case because he thinks that she's only taking it to beat him what and georgia's like um it's a big department store so that's a really good client and it's like literally got nothing to do with you like get the fuck out how stupid of you (laughs) how stupid of you but i guess you can you know being stupid can happen when you soak your head in bleach too long <laughs> but billy is like please don't air out our problems in a courtroom and you're just like get out like get out you idiot you waste of bleach that could be cleaning good toilets <laughs> oh what a moron God. yeah i mean the nerve of him to like just be like so i'm I just know. gonna go in and tap into her office and tell her what cases I think she should and shouldn't be doing. Like, it's over, Especially Billy. Especially if they've, like, <laughs> they've broken up. Like, fuck off. She doesn't work with you. She does, she's not in a relationship with you anymore. literally got nothing to do fuck with off. you. And, like, how would this case cause any of their shit to, like, be aired <laughs> exactly. in a courtroom? Like, it's not a divorce proceeding. No, like, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. Bizarre. Anyway, meanwhile, Stephen, aka Santa, is with John Cage and Ali, and we find out that the reason Stephen was fired is because he is too fat. Yeah. So is this another fat phobia episode? Do we need to use the jingle? I'd really like to use the jingle because I spent a lot of time making it and I don't care if this actually turns out to not be fat phobic. I want to put it in. Go on then. Fatphobia is dum 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 Fatphobia is dum 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 Fatphobia is dum 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 Good. So Stephen was fired um, because they're going with a thin Santa this year, not a fat one. So Ali and John, for some reason, have gone to ask Richard's advice. And Richard thinks that being fat is a function of the Santa job. But John's saying that if they argue that, then they're saying it's okay to hire based on weight. 
So then they won't be able to say that it's wrongful to fire based on weight. And Richard is like, well, it's America. It's always okay to hire, never okay to fire. That's why this country works. And then he walks off with this big platter of food that is out in the main complex, which I guess is out because Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he walks off and Ali and John just stay in the foreground of the shot, just talking about the strategy and Ali's suggesting like ageism and John's saying well yeah I thought of that but it won't work because if you say that you're hiring them as an actor to play a part then you're allowed to specify what age they Mm. are and what's really funny is in the background as they're talking about that Elaine has caught Richard walking off with the platter and she's like wrestling it (laughs) off of him to bring it back which I thought was really funny and then she comes to put it back where Ali and John are still strategizing and Elaine says oh Guess who um, has been hired to represent the department store? It's Georgia. And Ali and John are like, what? And Elaine like seductively picks up like a savoury cheese star shaped crudite or something and says, I love when I get to tell. <laughs> like, what's up? And then John is all like, action stations. Georgia's on it. Whoa, we need to like get our shit together. Can you second chair, Ali? And he like walks off like barking orders. And Ali's like, yeah, sure. And then she goes to walk to her office. But then before she gets there, she sees this small girl going up the stairs. And we get the kind of plinky plonky something magical is happening music. (laughs) Um, And she goes up to this girl to ask her if she's lost. But before we get into the rest of that, can we just take a moment to admire the Christmas decor? Because I feel like season two's budget cuts were a sad year for us. Um, You know, we didn't get a proper bar um, Christmas um, party. They had to do it in the office. Everything felt a bit scaled back. But that is a thing of the past because this season, the office Christmas decor is lavished <laughs> mildly. Did you notice their tree? No. It was so beautiful. It was like, had all this like fabric, like drapes. Oh. It was so nice. I really loved it. And they had these garlands all the way up the I stairs. I noticed the garlands. It's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, the girl turns to Ali and we see that it's child Ali. Like Ali as a kid. Yeah. And in an echoey voice, like Kid Ali goes, are you? And Ali is like, <gasps> and she like drops her fries. Yeah. And then Kid, Kid Ali is like, you have to help him. And like runs <laughs> off. <laughs> and then Ling is there like, hello, Ali, like, hello. And Ali's really startled because obviously she's just been hallucinating and not noticed that Ling was there. Yeah. And Ling is like, relax, I'm not going to kiss you, lol, lol, lol. Um, and then Ali's being really weird and Ling's like, what's, what's the matter? And Ali says, well, I, I just bumped into me. And then she <laughs> walks off, like past Nell, who is sporting some fetching finger waves in her hair. Oh, I don't know if you yeah, noticed that. Yeah, she had an yeah. amazing hairstyle. It's like a low, like, plaited bun. And then there's like the yeah. front section to one side is all like finger waves. It's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice. But what's really funny is that as Ali walks past Nell, Nell just goes, oh, now what? And Ling's like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) It's really funny. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so Ali has gone back to her office and she slowly goes in and kind of closes the door behind her. And then she stops because her child self is sat at her desk and again is like, nobody can help him. (laughs) 
but you. Ooh. <laughs> like this really echoey voice. <laughs> and Ali's just like staring at this. She hasn't moved from right by the door. And then Billy tries to come in and like knocks her over because she hasn't moved from the door. And then Ali is like, Ugh, what do you want? Shouldn't you be out bleaching your hair or kissing clients? <laughs> and Billy is like butthurt. I haven't seen Billy being butthurt for a while. And he's just like, Ugh, I just wanted someone to talk to. Is this the wrong office? <laughs> and Ali's like, oh, I'll talk to you, cheater, pig, traitor. And Billy's like, you weren't this mad when I kissed another woman last year. And Ali's like, because it was me. And now you've trivialized it by kissing someone you barely know, you lying, cheating pig. I thought our deceitful little affair meant something, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then Billy is all like, can't you see I'm hurting? And Ali has like no time for that. And Billy just looks at the ceiling like an annoyed toddler. And then Ali asks why the hell he even kissed Robin last week. And Billy is like, you weren't mad at Georgia when she was sucking tongue with your father. And then we get a rare, it's rare these days to get a gift moment, but we do get a gift moment of steam like rising from Ali's head as she warns Billy to get out before she gets violent. Yeah, I really Um, love that like Ali has like zero sympathy for Billy, but the reason why she has no sympathy for for him is like really typical of Ali, like somehow, and it's like really quite astonishing yeah. the mental like hoop she has to jump through to do this. But somehow she has made Billy and George's breakup about her. About her, yeah, exactly. It's really. Funny. I know. I knew she wasn't when she was like lying, cheating, traitor. I was like, this is not coming from defending Georgia, Georgia no, at all. This is all about you. No. as per you exactly so john and georgia are doing some preliminary arguments in front of judge walsh john is of course arguing that you can't fire santa for being fat when it's a function of the job but georgia says that newman's which is the name of the department store newman's has in mind a new newman santa who is lean and health conscious to align with their demographics at Newman's, sitting on Santa's lap should be its own reward. And Walsh is like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And Georgia is like, may I present to you Christopher and Kristen Kringle. And then this pair of like young catalogue models dressed up in red and black, like tight clothing and Santa hats, like walk in and pose (laughs) like it's America's Next Top Model. Um, And John wants everyone to take a serious extended moment, but Walsh shuts that down immediately, getting back to the actual law at hand. He is only interested in whether or not there was an oral contract and he wants to do a hearing to figure that out. And he says he'll hear from Fat Santa after lunch. And then he's like, "Uh, I mean, Mr. Man, he makes a mistake. As he adjourns the court, Ali goes up to Georgia and is like, sitting in his lap is its own reward. And Georgia's like, look, there's no contract. And Renee, who is second chairing with Georgia, is like, let's go. But Ali's like, hang on a minute. How are you you doing, Georgia? Because Elaine wants to to tell people, (laughs) which I thought was really (laughs) funny. But then as Georgia turns to go, because she's like, yeah, right, whatever. um, Ali's like, no, 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 no. I'm asking as well. I want to know how you are. And Georgia's like, I'm fine. I've just been on a new diet and I've lost 170 pounds of dead weight. And I feel 
<laughs> and Ali's like, really? And George is like, you can have him, Ali. And Ali's like, I don't wanna. Like, <laughs> yeah, she like shudders Yuck. with disgust. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, she shudders as Georgia is leaving. Yeah. And then as she's shuddering, she turns around and she has another vision of child Ali in the empty courtroom who just stares at her with dead eyes and then like leaves. <laughs> See, I said she looked <laughs> mournful, but I quite like you gone said her with dead eyes. Well, she's really Cold, creepy because she's eyes. all like ethereal and like like wispy because obviously she's a vision and like she has this like echoey voice. It's like a ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, she is ghost-like. Yeah. yeah. So. Ali and John next are meeting with Stephen to try and understand the nature of this contract with the department store. And Stephen seems to think that because he was Santa before this manager worked there, that there was just this understanding that he would be Santa forever. And I was a bit like, why? Buddy, I'm, I'm not sure that's how employment contracts work. So I'm like Santa forever. But, yeah? <laughs> but sure. Okay, fine. And John points out that if uh, that that you know the law of of contracts certainly in America I'm not sure what they are here um, stipulates if it's a forever or for more than a year that you can't just rely on an oral contract it has to be written yeah so they need to be able to say that it was promised that this year he would be Santa yeah and then Stephen starts crying but it's only because of a duct problem so one eye apparently just like leaks when he gets emotional or happy or any kind of I'm emotion. Just like, just crying like i don't understand exactly i was like that's normal yeah, I, it, what isn't what isn't normal is that the other eye is not crying yeah. that's weird and it's also not normal that other people are like dabbing your eye like dab your own no. fucking eye yeah john john is like mopping away tears. it's like john you're making this weirder I know. You're making it weirder somehow. John asks Stephen to just like go away and think about if there's anything they can use to imply an oral contract for that year. So like, was he given any instructions referring to that year's work or anything like that? Because they could use that. And then he mops away his tear again. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) at the unisex sinks, Ali is talking to John saying that she's really not optimistic about their chances. And then uh, we hear a flush and Billy comes out and like wades in. And he's like, oh, do you think the threat of negative publicity for firing Santa just before Christmas, would that do anything? And Ali's just really cold with him because she's like, well, some people don't care how unsympathetic they come off. (laughs) Billy. (laughs) And Billy is just like, I will not be judged by you. And Ali's like, too late. The verdict is in. Pig. (laughs) And John just like leaves as they start arguing. And Ali is pointing out. Hang on. Because Billy says Georgia is the one who strayed first. And I was like, "Um, yeah, no, she didn't. You utter shitbag. Like, what the? How have you rewritten history in your head already? Like, I just. I know. Oh, I my, know. my infidelities don't count until Georgia's done it. Like, what the fuck, I man? know. <sighs> exactly. And Ali is pointing out that actually it doesn't even matter that Georgia strayed first. Like, the point is they're in this situation that they're in right now because you've driven her to away from you by being the new Billy. 
and like basically you owed her to find out why she was distancing herself from you but instead you just went about kissing your client and Billy's like you're just upset that I kissed someone else and that betrayed you and he says we're just two different types of pig I'm a chauvinist pig and you're a selfish pig and then he goes maybe there's chemistry and we want to be pigs that pod each other and I was like what's that got to do with it Exactly. And then Ali's like, you must be deluded and deranged if you think I'm going anywhere near your pod. And then she storms out of the unisex. But as she opens the door, like Elaine, Ling, Nell, Richard and John all like fall in because they've been listening at the door. So Georgia is back at the courtroom questioning Stephen, trying to get him to say that he was able to leave at any time if he'd got a new job. So if that was the case, like why don't you have it the same both ways? Why can't they decide to let him go? Mm. But before she can get very far, John starts interrupting, like asking that he, if he can instruct Stephen to answer no. <laughs> and he's basically just trying to put George off yeah, the flow. Yeah. And they have some back and forth with Walsh because he's not having any of John's nonsense. And yet the nonsense continues because John asks the record to reflect that he would be shocked if Walsh's contempts for him punishes Santa. And he also objects that Georgia was implying that he was short by using the word stunt. And finally, he asks the record to reflect that Georgia kicks midgets. And Walsh is like, can you just shut the fuck up and let her finish her question? Oh God. So... Georgia gets back to it and we find out that Stephen has turned down lots of other jobs to play Santa. So lots of other department stores have asked him if he wants to play Santa for them, but he's turned them all down because Newman's apparently this fictitious, I think it's fictitious, I don't know. I don't know. Department store is the Santa like in the New England area. It's like the one, like the best Santa that everyone wants to go to. Yeah. But Georgia's point is like, it doesn't matter that you turn them down. The point is, you could get work elsewhere now. Like if you're not working for Newman's, you've got other places you could go. And John doesn't look happy and his nose whistles as Georgia sits down. Yeah. Probably because they've got the better argument. <laughs> well, yeah, they they actually, uh, yeah, John and Ali don't have an argument and Georgia's just, you know, proven it basically. <laughs> so back at Cajun Fish, Ali and John are discussing the strategy with Ling, Richard and Nell. Um, and they go over like the old suggestions they've sort of batted back and forth. Like, can they use ageism? Can they talk about weight? shouldn't be a factor and they kind of dismiss those and then Richard says oh ask him if he's gay because you can't fire homosexuals these days or is he part Indian and John says he's a white Anglo heterosexual the law doesn't care about him we need real merits and I want to throw in my yeah because yeah I hate this narrative so much yeah where people are like oh well there's all these laws set up to protect people who aren't white uh, male uh, or you know straight like, uh, straight like all uh, all of these things like um, nobody there's no laws to protect us and I'm like because historically you don't need protecting <laughs> you're not oppressed in any way yeah like all we're trying to do is level the playing field here like equality does not mean you are now being oppressed yeah yeah. Like, I just, I'm not about that. No, like, I was just like, my note says, pipe down, you utter boob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. Well, 
it's just a narrative that we hear quite a lot of sometimes these days by yeah. like trolls on Twitter yeah. and stuff of people being like, well, what about me? Ma, 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 ma. And it's like, you're fine. Yeah. You're doing fine. You're, you're fine. actually doing fine. Like there's no need for anyone to worry about like, whether you're where you're going to get it, in. Yeah, life. like the whole system has been designed with you in mind. So you need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> And like this thing, like when people point out people's privilege and they're like, I'm not privileged. I've had hardship. And it's like, just because you've had That's hardship what doesn't means. mean you're not privileged. Yeah. Like, <laughs> calm down. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I just, I just, it irritates me. It winds me up so much. It's so I was idiots. not here for John making, even if he was just saying it as a joke. No, it's I'm not, not funny. I'm not convinced he was. So there you go. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. So... Ling thinks that Stephen should have joined a union because if you're in a union, you can never get fired, even when they touch children. And I'm like, that cannot be true. No, that like, is I know true. unions are strong, <laughs> but that is not true. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely is not. So Richard then says, can't you just go and work at another department store? And John says, no, it's because it's Newman's. And that's like the special Santa, like the best Santa that ever Santa'd. And then <laughs> Nell tells a story about how when she was little and she was obviously, you know, sad young Nell because her parents got divorced and she's from a broken home. So she can never be happy in her life. <laughs> so she hated Christmas when she was little because of this divorce, except when she went to Newman's Santa because it was like magic and john's like will you testify to that i've got a crazy idea idea. (laughs) yeah oh god so then ali goes back to the unisex again what i find funny is ali is constantly going backwards and forwards to the unisex this episode but she never once goes to the actual loo (laughs) she's like there to just look at herself in the mirror like washing her hands like it's a pandemic (laughs) yeah I mean, I'm all for hygiene, but, you know, I don't think it's the hand washing that she's there for. She's there for the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I need to I need to go and look at myself first and then I will come to the meeting. (laughs) Yeah. So she's there at the mirror and then she hears this like echoey giggling from a stall of Kid Alley and now there's a boy voice and they're talking about what they want to be when they grow up and she opens the stall door and they run out of the unisex as Billy comes in Mm. um, and they sort of he sort of runs through them like the ghost like apparitions that they are Um, and he's sort of like uh, what's the matter, Ali? Because obviously she's just zoned out completely holding this store door open. <laughs> and she tells him about the visions that she keeps having where like her as a 10-year-old keeps saying to adult Ali that you have to save him. And Ali's saying that she thought that she meant Santa, but she's just realised that she means Billy because Billy's the little boy in the vision that she's just yeah. had. And Billy is like, why do I need to be saying? <laughs> and Ali's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Billy, turn around and take a good look in that mirror. <laughs> I know. And Ali's like, uh, I don't know. And then she asks Billy if he remembers when they used to talk about what they'd be when they grow up. And he's like, nope. And Ali there's like this flicker of like sadness on her face that he doesn't remember. But then she's like, well, okay, well, you said you wanted to be either a doctor or a fireman because you wanted to be able to help at least one person every day. And I said that I wanted to be an artist and paint the world with beautiful colours. 
And as she says that, Billy like mouths along yeah. because he's remembered. Yeah. And Ali's like, how the hell did we become lawyers? <laughs> <laughs> and Billy's like, maybe we both need saving. And Ali's like, no. no. <laughs> she wants Ali's like, no. She wants me to save him because at least I can remember you can't even do that. And walks out. <laughs> and I, I was a bit like, I get this scene was supposed to be like poignant but jesus christ that like wholesome kid like ali and billy like i want to be a fireman so i can help one person every day i, I was just like give me a break it. like what that kids is not, are that wholesome yeah like that no kid is wanting to be a fireman because they want to it's because they've got a cool like car they've got a fire engine they've got I a ladder know. like they have a helmet and like they go do like dangerous things like that's why little boys want to be firemen <laughs> but it's just like and i want to be an artist so i can paint the world in beautiful <laughs> colors and i'm a magical unicorn it's like oh for god's sake jesus christ oh my god and they're like and how did we become lawyers and i'm like because it's a viable career plan like there's nothing wrong with being a lawyer i know i know it's funny anyway so they've got nell on the stand testifying about how magical newman santa is and how special he was but then georgia crosses and she's basically trying to cut through like the bullshit saccharine performance that's being put on and she kind of just uses it as an excuse to be mean to nell about her dying her hair (laughs) and like sits down And then John decides he wants to call the CEO of Newman's, James Russell, to the stand. And John questions him and we find out that he's been the CEO for 11 years and Stephen has been the Santa the whole time. And as John gets closer and continues to question, Mr. Russell's hand just like flails and shoots out, out and back, like involuntarily. Mm. And and John is like... uh, why did you try and hit me? Uh, Judge, uh, he just tried to hit me. Um, And James explains, oh, it's a nervous tick. And when it's at its most extreme, both of my arms do it at the same time. And like, everyone's like, okay, fine, continue. Um, And then John asks him, well, why do you want to go with Lean Santa? And James says, well, it's all part of their broader marketing strategy. So their demographic, is skewing younger between 18 to 49 because they're the ones so this sort of agency that they're using is saying they're the ones that are actually spending money and they seem to have lots of teenage girls lining up to sit on lean santa and i was a bit like ew (laughs) no thank you Um, but then john says the reputation of newman santa is such a big one like he's billed as like the real santa and there's such like heritage around it and you're all about like commitment and tradition and james kind of keeps being adamant that they can still do all of that with a new santa and he kind of flails again whilst he's saying this with his tick but he also says that allegiance to traditions doesn't mean that you can't change with the times and john quips that that's a good answer for shareholders and georgia and renee object so John changes tack and starts asking about repeat business because Newmans get like 60% of their business is repeat business and that loyalty is a big thing for Newmans. And the CEO's tick is just becoming more and more frequent. 
And John continues by saying that they, um, Newman's run the, a big um, Christmas parade every year. They sponsor it and it's on TV. And what will everyone think about the new lean Santa at the parade? And he isn't really giving James a chance to respond because he keeps going with like, what are parents going to tell their children? That there is no Santa or that they just fall outside of Newman's demographic? And both of James's arms like shoot out as he's like, this isn't fair. And John is like, well, let me talk about what's fair as James's arms have like completely lost control now. They just keep flapping backwards and forwards. And Georgia finally objects. And Judge Walsh is like, can you dial it back, please, Mr. Cage? And Judge Walsh checks that James is okay. And James says, I'm fine. And he goes to drink a sip of water. And John is like talking about fairness and James's arm, like holding the glass of water, flaps and it throws water all over Judge Walsh. And and James is super embarrassed. But John just raises his eyebrows like, well, can we even take this guy seriously? And I'm like, John, you did all of that on purpose to try and set up this guy's tick and to use it to your advantage. And I'm sorry, but this is exactly the sort of thing he was up in arms about last episode when everyone was taking the piss out of his stuff. And I was just a bit like... The hypocrisy. Yeah, like, that's very true. When it's aimed at you, you're like, oh, God, this doesn't give them the right. And then <sighs> when you see something that you can use to your advantage in court, you're suddenly yeah. like, all bets are off. Yeah. All, and all, I just thought that was a bit fair, shit. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Bad John Cage. <laughs> so the next scene is a flashback of Kid Ali and Billy playing in the rain at a playground with Vonda singing Neighbourhood, which yeah. I love. There's a photo I've been looking for. It's, it's a, a picture of a boy next door. And I loved it more than words could say. Didn't know it till he went away. Faded pictures in my scrapbook. Just thought I'd take just one, one more look. look. And recall when we were all in the neighbourhood. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song so much. And we get, we basically get the same sequence that we pretty much got in the very first episode of the series in series yes. one, season one, episode one, don't yeah. we? So like their first kiss as kids, then college Ali, like clinging onto Billy, not wanting him to let go. Yeah. As he moves to Boston forever. Yeah. And then we kind of fade out from kid Billy to adult Billy yeah. staring into space. So we see that it's, Billy reminiscing rather than Ali because usually yeah, that's it's Ali's Ali reminiscing yeah yeah and I've got to say like that choice of music and the flashback sequence from the first episode of the series they do so much work yeah for this entire series like the power of a few nostalgic ideas of like the boy next door yeah. you grew up with being the one that you were meant for regardless of who they grew up to yeah. be like it's a really powerful potent thing. yeah like i found myself getting wistful for ali and billy oh my god like, i know <laughs> like what but then I saw Billy's stupid bleached head and it all crashed down <laughs> around my ears, obviously. But but I was just like, all from that like one sequence and that music. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's all it's all nostalgic innocence and yeah, like no one yeah. is a fucking douchebag yet. Like it's all very uh yeah, just 
yeah, really plays into like the innocence of it's childhood so, and nostalgia of childhood. It's so rose tinted, yes. like completely. But yeah. Anyway, Richard interrupts Billy's reverie, asking what he's doing, and Billy's like, "Oh, nothing." And Richard says, "Excellent, love that. That's why I hired you." <laughs> <laughs> and then billy asks richard and i'm like why are people always asking richard this stuff like it's literally of no use to anyone so i do like this conversation <laughs> he asks richard if he ever remembers his dreams and richard says only the wet one oh my god <laughs> and billy's like no seriously do you think about what you wanted for yourself in high school and do you measure it against where you are now and richard's like well yeah I, but I always plan to sell out so I'm living my dream <laughs> and Billy's like oh forget it and then Richard gives this speech he says Billy obviously you're going through something and you're no doubt upset with yourself for being a total schmuck but what you need to keep in mind before this you were boring whatever phase you're going through embrace it because at least it's interesting sure you look a little silly as this Billy Idol horn dogger but what's important people are talking about you <laughs> I love it so and much Billy's like I think it's so thanks. funny I think it's <laughs> just being like you were really fucking dull before this like don't get me wrong you're a complete bellend now but you're an interesting bellend <laughs> <laughs> at least it's interesting yeah billy's just a bit like thanks and, and then richard goes to leave and billy asks where richard sees himself in 20 years from now and richard's like look that's the mistake by not asking that question now in 20 years i won't be disappointed but here's a question for you why did you kiss that woman? Really? And like leaves that question hanging. Yeah. And Billy's like, hmm, hmm. why did I kiss that woman? <laughs> <laughs> so John is, I wasn't sure what to call this bit because I'm not, is it his closing remarks? Because they do that again tomorrow. Yeah, I thought it was his closing remarks at the time. But like you say, like they actually do their closing remarks later. So I don't know what the fuck this is. This is, is this John grandstanding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is john just flapping about and ranting but he's basically very very animatedly talking about the case and it's in the courtroom and it's causing the ceo james russell's arms to flap all over the place but there's also lots of like mournful children in santa hats yes. in the gallery for like good effect and he, john is just going on and on about how newman's has forgotten their loyalty to repeat shoppers they don't care about children they've obliterated the image of Chris Kringle in favour of demographics and as John kind of reaches fever pitch the CEO's arms just keep flapping and children start crying, crying. as John says well we might as well kill the Easter bunny and Georgia finally objects about the like planted children and John tells her to go and kick an elf as they're like screaming at each other and Walsh is like remove these children from my courtroom and stop flapping Mr Russell <laughs> So it's pandemonium. <laughs> yeah, and walking out of the courtroom, Stephen is sceptical whether that would work, as it seemed in the understatement of the century, a little outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali is trying to defend John's approach when Georgia comes out apoplectic with yes. rage. Like, what the hell was that? And even Renee is a bit like, uh, calm down, Georgia. <laughs> like... <laughs> what um and ali's like all right and then georgia goes to barge past ali to clip her shoulder even though there's plenty yeah, of room for her no, to like walk around yeah. her but georgia is like oh get 
out of my way. I don't have to put up with you anymore. <laughs> and then Georgia, like, There's, like has her back to everyone. Stunned silence where, like, Renee, Ali, yeah. and John are like... <gasps> everyone is like, what? And then Georgia has got her back to everyone, but we can see Georgia's face. And Georgia, like, recomposes her face with a smile. And she, like, turns around where everyone is, like, staring at her. And she's like... I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. And Ali's like, can I talk to you? And George's like, oh, groaning at being marched (laughs) off. Yeah. So Ali takes her into an ante room, an ante room, uh, just a side room, whatever, at the courthouse, and asks her if if Georgia blames Ali for Billy kissing the client last week. (laughs) And Ali's like, that's okay. It's okay if you do. I will wear that. But it's not okay for you two not to be talking. And Georgia's like, what? You want us to get back together now? And she's like, don't worry about me. I am fine. And she walks out and Ali's like, fine, I guess. <laughs> like, But it's that thing of like, whatever. again, she's like gone to have this private like talk with Georgia. And she does this. Like, It's like, oh my God, Ali, can you like what the fuck are you doing? Like, she just, if she had approached this moment with, like, tact and, like, resisted the temptation to make it about her, then Georgia just might have opened up a little bit with her. But because she's made it about, know. you know, oh, Georgia, do you think that it's my fault that Billy kissed the sexy client? Because it's okay if you do. It's just like, it's got fuck all to do with you, Ali. Why is this? Why is she? I just, it's so weird. She's just inserted herself into this entire relationship, like, again, for no reason. Like, she's got no business being there this is nothing to do with her literally nothing and, to do with her for once she's like asking questions it, it, it just this whole line of questioning that she does with georgia just shows that she doesn't actually fucking care how georgia really is she's just worried about what no. georgia's opinion is of her and it's just like yeah what she's not thinking about you ali you are like literally the last thing on her mind <laughs> Yeah, and I think Ali just can't stand being in the middle of... Like, there's drama going on and she's not in the middle of it. And <laughs> she's, she's like, like, well, I'm going to bloody well get wait, in the middle. <laughs> wait, wait, okay. I know I know you're going through, like, a bitter separation with your, your husband right now, but, but what is your opinion of me? <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're angry because, like, you both kissed other people and neither of them was me. But what if we think about me for a second? <laughs> how I fit into this? Have you thought about how you think about me? <laughs> I, I, she I'd needs really to like get to like, a, a whiteboard out and draw a circle and have like Billy and Georgia in the circle and then just hold up like her, her face and be like, now where am I in this scenario? <laughs> Because we can't leave this room until we figure that out. <laughs> My name is the title of the show, after all. It's so funny. Oh, dear. It's so funny. So, yeah. So then we have Vonda start singing. Vonda starts singing a song um, that I think possibly for the first time in bygones history i haven't been able to track down oh, really? i have googled it every which way um it's a song about 
cheating and lying and I cannot find it on the internet at all. I don't know if it's her song. I don't know if it's a cover, but it doesn't seem to exist as far as Google is concerned. Wow. Which is bizarre to say the least. Okay. Unknown song. Mystery song. I know. And she's singing it with a guy called Ron Taylor, who I don't know much about him. I didn't look him up either, but he we, he makes an appearance um, later as well because he sings a different song too. So anyway, they're singing this song about cheating and lying and Billy is dancing with basically every peripheral woman from Cajun Fish yeah. in turn. So there's Elaine, there's Sandy, there's Nell and there's Ling. And Ali is just sat at the bar staring sternly at this whole hullabaloo. Yes. And Billy seems to be having a great time. Yes. But then Ali decides that she will get up and dance with them as Billy is like shimmying with his jacket, with his <laughs> butt out, which is really weird. Like he's got his well, like hands in his five. pockets. Yeah. It is totally it is like, like, like what kids five-year-old do. boy at wedding dance move. <laughs> yeah, that totally is what it is. Billy doesn't see that Ali's joined the dance floor until she's like right on top of him and he's like taken aback. And she's like, are you having a good time? Because usually when you say you are, it means you're not actually because I know you better than you know yourself. So yeah, <laughs> like what are you gonna do? And Billy is like, did you come here to dance or to save me? Which I thought was really funny. <laughs> And Ali's like, no, I came here to have fun because that's what this is all about, right? And he's like, right. And then he goes back to dancing and she grabs him and is like, it's not too late late to be saved from your heathen dancing. (laughs) And he's like... It's like she's like a Jehovah's Witness. I know. (laughs) You can stop dancing anytime now. Um, But he's like, nope. The night is young. It's not too late. And Ali just like gives up and turns around. And then she sees a vision as the Vonda song and the singing fades low. And we get the plinky plinky magical music again as Kid Ali and Kid Billy are a vision dancing together. Yeah. And then the scene fades out. Yeah. So the next day... Stephen is with John at Cajun Fish and they're waiting to go to court and Ali comes up to go with them. And Elaine is with her who tells Stephen that she had a dream last night that Santa kept coming down her chimney over and over and over again. And I just thought that was so funny because Stephen just leans in like eagerly like, really? Oh God. <laughs> really made me laugh. And, and then we go to another corner of Cajun Fish where Billy is chatting up Ling like he's like I was like what is this I know what bizarro world are we in that Billy thinks he has a chance with Ling (laughs) but then Ali comes up disgusted and is like you're gonna date Ling now and Billy is like this is none of your business and Ling just turns around and is like why wouldn't he want to date me he has a penis and then she walks off But then John tries to tell Ali that it's time to go to court. And she's like, no, I have to butt in to save Billy from himself first because I'm having hallucinations, um, which is a perfectly normal way to decide what it is you should be getting involved with. (laughs) So my hallucinations are telling me to get involved with Billy. um, So I can't do my job right now, John. The voice is told me so. Anyway, Billy is like, since when do you care? Get away from me. And he does this sign of the cross with his fingers and he like walks off. And we get a gif moment of an actual pig squealing and running away. 
courtroom, Georgia is now doing her closing remarks, saying that they've got no evidence of a contract. And then they got this filibuster from John yesterday about giving back to the community, which John objects to because he doesn't like the term filibuster and um, because he doesn't want to be compared to a member of Congress. Although that's not as bad as Santa Claus killer, at which the CEO does his tick again. Yeah. And Judge Walsh has had enough. And he says he will find for the defendant if John says one other word. <laughs> and then Georgia continues and she gets, she kind of gets off track because she starts saying that it's not Newman's responsibility to preserve the lie of Santa. And then she's like, and oh, we all need to stop believing in sugar plums and fairy tales and family and holidays. She drifts <laughs> off. And, and like, and then, and then she's like, because if we stopped believing in those things earlier, we would have thicker skin and then we'd get saved pain later. And she's getting really emotional because she's like, my client isn't killing Santa because he doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. <laughs> and Ali's like, can we take a break? I need to go and pull her into another room. So they've taken a break and Annie pulls Georgia into a room saying that she knows that Georgia is sick of her butting into her life but she's gonna do it one more time and I'm like oh great <laughs> so Georgia goes to be like oh I don't need to listen to this but Ali just interrupts screaming yeah you are gonna and then more calmly, she's like, like, she's trying to say that both Georgia and Billy are angry at each other for kissing other people. And surely they wouldn't be so angry if they didn't still love each other. But Georgia doesn't want to hear it and goes to leave. And then Ali screams again. I am not finished. Stop screaming. So Ali continues. And her beef is that even if they were going to break up, why aren't they talking it out first? And Georgia's like, talk. To what? Some Neanderthal thinks my day should get meaning from rubbing his feet? Georgia, I grew up with Billy. Yeah, I know. Well, would yeah. you let me finish? Stop! Really, why can't you let me finish? And then Ali is like, look, Billy grew up in a home where his dad was the king and his mum was a slave in the kitchen and then he went to high school and he was a quarterback and the girls were cheerleaders including me which Georgia scoffs at and then basically Ali is trying to say he was raised in a patriarchal world and now he works in a firm where the women are stronger than the men so is it any wonder that he has bleached his head stuff is going on with him and stuff is going on with you and you're both angry and Ali is basically mad that they clearly love each other too much to just give up so they should do something about that. And Ali leaves. And then Georgia looks as though Ali might have had a point. And I'm a bit like, God damn it, Ali. Why can't you just let them uh, be I alone? Mean, like, for God's sake. The thing is, I think Ali's advice isn't bad in general. But I do think Billy has been near impossible for Georgia to talk seriously to. Like, he's so full of, like, macho posturing and bullshit. Like, how can she have... A meaningful conversation with that you're not going to have productive discourse with someone if they've come to the table being outwardly disrespectful and proud to like your entire exactly. being and appears to have like zero intention of changing in that regard and I feel like that's what Georgia was about to like started to say to Ali in response but she got cut off and yeah. I just feel like Georgia mm. should have turned around and said yeah 
I really thought we did love each other, but it turns out it was a huge lie because he doesn't even respect me as a human being in my own right. So, like, exactly, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> this is the thing that annoys me, is that Ali has gone in there, decided that she knows what needs to happen for reasons that are really only important to her. Yeah. And it's like... She's presumed so many things. Like, she thinks she knows everything. She doesn't know what conversations Georgia may or may not have tried to have with Yeah, Georgia actually has tried. She stayed with him way too long, in my opinion. She was with him for ages before she was finally like, do you know what? This isn't going to work. I'm done. Yeah, I've had enough. And it is her right to walk away at that point, at whatever point she deems that she is got up to that she cannot do no more yeah it's her marriage it's nothing to do with Ali yeah literally nothing and if that means that and I know she's got all these visions about save Billy and she thinks that saving him is making Georgia like shackle herself forevermore (laughs) but like I feel like like the fact that Billy will not be saved by Georgia is like tough fucking shit Billy like you've created this situation deal with the consequences but thing of like, saving him will have to look different it, yeah but it's that thing of like he has to save himself like no one exactly. can do that work for him like ali can't do it Georgia no. can't do it billy has to do it himself and this is what you know ali yeah. is yet to realize like she thinks it's her responsibility and also george's responsibility like to save Billy and it's not it's his responsibility to sort himself out and I hated her whole like rationale for them giving him another shot and talking out being like it's not his fault he was brought up in a patriarchal society and I'm like big whip we all were exactly exactly it's like it's not my fucking fault he's not grown up like and realized that the truth of things like you know what I mean I just it's his it's his problem he's a grown adult now he can sort himself out and if he wakes up one day and realizes that he's played this all wrong and let an awful lot of good things in his life get away from him well tough tough shit tough fucking shit that's not a reason to prevent that from happening it's not a reason to force Georgia to like debase herself basically by giving him another try like no completely she's tried she's done she's had enough let her be free it's like it's not up to anyone but yourself as to like to judge like how hard you've tried like, like you say, Ali no. doesn't fucking know all the conversations that Billy and Georgia may or may not have had. Who the fuck is she to judge when someone hasn't put in enough effort into their relationship or tried to save it? Like, you, you don't fucking know. But also, it's not up to her to decide whether she even wants to try. Like, maybe she doesn't want to try. Yeah. And what? Yeah. Like, that's her decision. It's her marriage. She can't be bothered. It's not worth it to her. Yeah. That's fine. She's allowed to make that decision. Like, she doesn't owe Billy, like, anything other than what she's already given. Like, she's already given way more, like, than she should have. Way more than she needed to. Yeah. So, yeah, Ali can just fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And stop putting ideas in George's head. I know. (laughs) 
So ne- very next scene, Ali has her scheming claws into Billy because he is sat on the sofa with her at the office and she's explaining to him that his issues are due to his father and surely he's smart enough to know that even now at the dumbest time of his <laughs> life. And Billy's in this like really jokey mood and he's not really taking anything she's saying seriously. He's like punching her on the arm, yeah. like having a laugh with her and he's like laughing and she's like you think this is about me needing to believe in happily ever after again, but it isn't. And I'm like, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it? And she says, I don't believe in that anymore, actually. And I think if it comes along, it takes work and you haven't worked. And I'm like, again, (laughs) I mean, I agree. Billy hasn't worked, but like tough, like maybe he doesn't want to. And that's his failing as a man. Like just let him get on with failing. Yeah. Anyway, um, she thinks the new Billy is a cover. And I was like, a cover for what? <laughs> what, a personality no, the new boy, Billy is... according to Richard? <laughs> but the new Billy is just the old Billy come to the surface. Yeah. Like, it's not a cover. If anything, it's naked. It's naked Billy. <laughs> yeah, it's raw Billy. <laughs> Deal with it. But then Billy asks if Georgia has said that she wants to work. And before Ali can answer, Georgia appears at the door and Ali leaves to let them talk. Mm. So they talk. They ask if they were trying to hurt each other by kissing other people. And they both admit that maybe they were. And then Georgia asks if Billy hates his life. And he says maybe. And then Georgia eventually just asks Billy what he wants. And he says he wants Georgia to put her wedding ring back on and holds it up. I was like... Don't do it, Georgia! Don't do it, Georgia! <laughs> like, yeah. For God's sake, you're almost out. Just hold on, please, for the love of God. Yes. Just hold on. <laughs> Pay no attention to the ring. <laughs> so... Ali is pacing outside Billy's office because she's obviously waiting to see what happens. And then the phone rings at Sandy's desk and Sandy comes like running over to put it, to put the call through. And Ali gets mad because she's like, he's not taking his calls. And then Sandy (laughs) goes, but it's Robin Jones. So the client that he kissed last week. And Ali just yanks the phone off of her and tells Robin on the phone that Billy has been put into a witness protection program as a result of a recent racketeering trial and several people have been killed already just by having contact with him (laughs) and Robin just hangs up (laughs) which I thought was quite funny Um, but then after that happens Georgia comes out of the office and Ali goes in to Billy to see what happened and Billy says that Georgia can't bring herself to take him back Yes. And I was like, yes! Good girl, good girl. <laughs> yes, well done. Round of applause. Um, and Ali is like, I'm sorry. Um, and Billy's like, yeah, me too. And I was a bit like, is anyone surprised at this? <laughs> like, in what world would you want Georgia? Would you be rooting for Georgia to be like, yes, Billy, I'll take I've been back. dying to put this back on my finger. Oh. <laughs> So Ali goes to leave and Billy says, Ali, the little girl had no need to save you. You became exactly what you planned. Someone out there trying to paint the world in beautiful colours. And I was like, is she though? Because counterpoint, is she just meddling in people's lives to force them to conform to her own ideals? Mm. Um, Potato, potato, like... Anyway, we don't get to debate that because Ali's pager beeps. 
because Judge Walsh has made a decision. Um, whilst they wait for him to come in, James is still flapping in the peanut gallery and Judge Walsh comes in and decides that there was no contract and the department store doesn't have a duty to the public either. So this is all nonsense. And John objects and calls Judge Walsh your Grinch <laughs> instead of your honour by accident. Was it by accident? <laughs> well and judge walsh is like objects all you want this has been a waste of my time and john is like oh are you behind on your shopping and judge walsh just finds him a thousand dollars and it's like anything else and john's like oh just merry christmas i would personally like to roast your chestnuts on an open fire and the judge walsh is like find two thousand dollars and any anything else and then ali pipes up oh he's done you're grinch I mean, honour. <laughs> and then Judge Walsh just adjourns everyone. Yeah. Sassy. Sassy towards Judge Walsh. I mean, I, I think that's rude and he should have held them in contempt. <laughs> right? I mean, I can't believe he held Ali in contempt for having a short skirt on. Exactly. Yeah, that just gets... Open insults rolled like, under the carpet. to the judge get like, a free pass. I know. <laughs> well, not quite free. $2,000. Yeah. Well. But I guess John is like, it was worth it. <laughs> As everyone is packing up, James Russell, the CEO, comes over saying to Stephen that it was really important that he won this case because what he's about to say, he wants Stephen to appreciate as a gesture and not something that the court has forced him to do. He wants to invite Stephen to come back as Sansa because as it turns out, although John Cage didn't turn the judge, he persuaded him. Mm -hmm. So he says, Santa should be more than demographics. He should be, well, you, Stephen. And Stephen starts crying. So John mops it up and is like, it's a duct thing. <laughs> it's like, no, it's an emotion thing, John. And he can dab his own eyes. <laughs> I know. So at the bar, Vonda's special guest singer for this episode, Ron Taylor, is again singing. He's singing a, a song called Happy Being Fat by Big D Irwin as all the um, little people dressed as elves are all dancing on the bar. Sandy is dancing with James Russell, just trying to avoid his flailing arms. And Ali and Elaine and Nell are dancing with Stephen and Richard and Ling are there and they're all dancing too. Well, first of all, is it me or is there something really irksome about these actresses who we know now were all under immense pressure to be super thin on the mm -hmm. show, being asked to happily sing along to I'm happy being fat? Like, I just mm -hmm. found that super uncomfortable. And also, this is the only time thus far... Fatphobia is dumb, 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 dumb. But also, this is the only time thus far we've seen the show be remotely positive about fatness and it relates to fucking Santa, like a mythical man. Only a I mythical know. man is allowed to be positive about being fat. Is allowed like, to be fat. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. If you're not Santa, yeah. then you're fucking disgusting. And you need to stay away from everyone because your mere presence is mortifying. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. I'm just like, right, okay. So literally, we will only celebrate fatness if it's Santa. <laughs> like, I'm just right right yeah okay, that is, great that is, but that's a form of fat phobia right yeah. like just having this weird like acceptable niche category where it's like you're okay pretend mythical man like 
creature, fi- fictitious character, but like no one in the real world would be happy being fat. God forbid. Like they're like it's like a it's like a they're singing along in a jokey way. Yeah. Like it's not good. No, it's horrible. The fat phobia jingle needs to be played again. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Dum dum dee dum 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 de dum dum fat phobia is dum dum de dum dum fat phobia is dum dum de dum dum fat phobia is dum dum de dum dum. Get our money's worth for that because I really did spend quite a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, at George's office, meanwhile, she is sat at her desk staring out the window as Renee comes in to let her know that there's this big old party going down at the bar and their client is there. So, obviously, uh, James Russell's there. So, she's like, let's go. But Georgia says she's tired, so she's just going to go home. And Renee's like, well, I've heard from Ali that he's not there, meaning Billy. Mm. And Georgia's like, no, 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 it's not that. I'm just really tired. And then Renee's like, well, what about if we just go somewhere, just the two of us, and celebrate your victory? And Georgia's like, no, no, I just want to go home. And Renee's like, well, if you change your mind. And then she goes. And Georgia leans back and holds her head, and she just sort of sighs as she looks out of the snowy window. And then we get Vonda singing a song called Love Has No Pride by Linda Ronstadt. And we get a montage ending of Billy walking home past lots of charity Santas and like roasting chestnuts because it's all so festive. And then it fades into Kid Billy walking the street kind of bundled up. And then Georgia is walking home in the snow looking sad. And then we get Billy walking home with the kid version of himself by his side. Mm. And then the kid version just like vanishes into thin air like a ghost. (laughs) And Billy is alone because he has no inner child, I guess. (laughs) I really love in that last scene that Renee offered like a quiet option for Georgia. Yeah. I just think it was like such a sweet and considerate thing to do. And it was totally a Renee thing to do as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, that as well. Yeah, I thought it was really I thought sweet. That was good. But yeah. So that was Saving Santa. They saved Santa, <laughs> but they lost themselves. They lost themselves, they saved Santa, yeah. I mean, yeah, there are some problematic things in there. Um, but, okay. <laughs> I mean, what's new? I mean, it's what we've come to expect <laughs> from this show. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's their best episode, for yeah. sure. I'm, I think next episode will be the big Christmas episode, and I'm kind of looking forward to that, because I have heard have it on good authority from official expert of Ali McBeal Christmas episodes, <laughs> Katie Parker from <laughs> Thank Fucking God It's Friday podcast, that season three's Christmas episode is the best oh, one, okay. in her opinion. So I'm looking forward okay, to that. Yeah, so, looking forward yeah. to watching that one, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I guess it was okay. I just, I just think they would. There was a lot of mawkish like nostalgia about Ali and Billy that, and how Ali has to save Billy from himself. And I'm like, but no, they, he's a grown but adult. But Danny Kelly often wheels out like the mawkish sentimentality at Christmas episodes. Like last year, wasn't it the unicorn shit? Like last year, yeah, like, it just yeah. really over the top saccharine, like just ugh, come on <laughs> and you wanted to 
paint the, the world in magical colors, colors whilst riding a, a fictional <laughs> unicorn. Sure. Hop on. <laughs> I mean, it's just horrible, isn't it? So sweet, it makes my teeth. I know. Hurt. It's just like you're nearing your thirties. Like you shouldn't be talking like this. No, I know. <laughs> well, you know, before we get like sugar poisoning or whatever it is, let's go <laughs> to retrial. <laughs> retrial. It was Mallory versus, uh, so Mr. Mallory um, versus the Newman's uh, department store. How do you find? Um, well, I'm I'm glad. I, I find in favour of Newman's, like I'm glad they won because... Mm there was no contract and they didn't have an obligation. It was bonkers. Like, it, they did... Right from the beginning, <laughs> where he was like, I've always been Santa, surely I will always be Santa. And I was like, that is not how jobs work. It just isn't. Like, no one is owed a job in that way and it's kind of bonkers that you thought that you were. <laughs> they could decide to go in a different direction and not have that role available anytime yeah. they want like what it's like absolutely no, they mental have an obligation to hire me every year indefinitely <laughs> i just thought that was just mental and just the fact yeah. that it was like but you could leave anytime you want so why can't they, they leave you have yeah. the same kind of break idea like um, mental mad. absolutely crazy verdict of the week <sighs> The jury's back. Who are you finding for? I'm finding Georgia not guilty for sticking to her guns and knowing her worth. Oh my God! Oh my God! Eleanor! Eleanor! That's literally what I've written. I've just put Georgia not guilty for sticking to her guns. (laughs) (laughs) And I've also got and knowing her worth. Because I've got to say, I was no, I like, didn't write that. I was genuinely <laughs> worried for a moment there when when he held up like the, when Billy held up like the wedding ring and being like, I want you to put this yeah, back like Lord on. Lord of the Rings, I was like, my precious. <laughs> I was like, oh God, like don't do it, don't do it. And she didn't. So yeah. I know. I agree. I just think no amount of talking is going to solve this. Like the point is, no matter how much of a sweet kid Billy was and like it's not his fault because he grew up in the patriarchy <laughs> like that doesn't excuse how much of an ass he is yeah. now like that is completely within his own control and that doesn't mean that Georgia has to put up no. with it like she can decide to leave at any time she's made that decision for fucking good yes. reasons and let's not be encouraging her to backtrack no. on that because this is the good thing it's for her good reasons understandable reasons and the fact is like Oh, it it would it for her to go back would involve like Billy is not willing to change like he is not willing to to turn around and say yeah I've realised I've got problematic views and I need to work on that um I promise you I will work on that and um you know we can take it slow or whatever like he's not willing to make any of those kinds of concessions so any kind of going back to him would involve Georgia compromising herself to such a degree it it's just like who are you anymore like she'd be a different woman she'd be a woman she would never want to be so it's just like yeah yeah, like 
just salute Georgia for staying strong. Salute, salute, salute. Yeah, she stuck to her guns. Good for her against all against odds. All against odds. everything. <laughs> against all alleys. Uh, well all done. Is that your um, verdict as well then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, Georgia's not guilty. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what did you guys think of this episode? Um, how are you feeling about George's decision to tell Billy to go swivel <laughs> on his wedding ring? Um, <laughs> uh, you can let us know at Bygones Podcast um, on Twitter and Facebook and Bygones Pod on Instagram. And you can email us at bygonespodcast at gmail.com. You can also become uh, a Patreon. Um, where we've got um, a few people signed up to, to Patreon now. It's a nice little community over there. And we do some um, extra rewards depending at what level you sign up for. And you can sign up for just $1 to get early access to our episodes and to support the show, which we're very, very grateful for. We love all our patrons very, yes. very much. So, yeah, until next time, Eleanor, yeah. stay safe. You too. Uh, and bye, bye guys. Don't tell me to go home.